0: Welcome to Project Bradford, interview. Episode 4, Matt Scott. <sighs> really, you two? Without Tim for supervision? Man, am I going to have to do some editing. But the outtakes at the end are going to be amazing. You know, besides the fact that I do them.
1: Released March 18, 2021. Welcome to Project Bradford. This is Episode 4, releasing March 18th. Uh, this week I'm talking with Matt Scott, a fellow AV Nation board member. Uh, he's also the host of Resi Week on AV Nation, as well as being the owner of Omega Audio Video in London, Ontario, Canada. He also has been a Cedia board member. So he has a nice, well-rounded, uh, background as we discuss various topics, not all of which will be AV as you will see. So now that I've introduced you. Yes. Now comes the harder questions.
0: The harder questions. All right, let's go.
1: Who are you? And don't define yourself by your job.
0: Ooh. Can I define myself as a middle-aged white Canadian?
1: Yes, (laughs) that would be appropriate. Rather plain and boring like most middle-aged white guys are.
0: Wow, that's hurtful. See, that's tough because it is amazing how often you tie in your job to your identity. And I would always argue that I try not to do that. But now that you asked me the question, I'm not going to say I'm at a loss, but it is, it's tough. It's because that is such a large part of your life. Yeah. How would you describe yourself? Let me, let me flip the, the, the
1: tables on you. So, I would describe myself as someone who believes, who is a business owner, mm-hmm. which is correct. And yes, I realize that's close to saying what my job is, but it is, it does, like you said, take up a lot of it. Yep. And I am someone who tries to make the world a little better and spread knowledge. Cause right now, that's kind of my big thing is, you know, I'm seeing how many people don't know. And it sounds bad to say, don't know what I consider common history, but I'm starting to realize like you, I know your age. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're middle age, but you probably weren't alive during Skylab. During what now? Skylab. No. Exactly. I was alive and I know about it. So, but, so I was alive during during Skylab so I like I know that history yeah and there are other people who like well the space shuttles cool and it's so easy to go to space and I'm like no 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 space is hard or even just yeah yeah like people are like what do you mean Canada has a space agency I'm like you don't know about the CSA and Canada Arm built by Spar Aerospace and Chris Hadfield yeah. the arm and a huge deal so I'm trying to spread knowledge kind of like, I like that. A, a bunch of people have done. And I'm also I don't like the term social justice warrior because I think it has a bad connotation, but I very much oh, am sorry. aware of I come from a privileged place. I'm a white man in America that is making money at a you know is comfortable. Yeah. And that's a very privileged place. And that's where I do stuff like, you want me on a panel, there has to be underrepresented people. As I'm putting out my, my own podcast, I have underrepresented people on at a higher rate than I have typical people. And I believe that's, you know, lead by example and share my knowledge and experience with new people so that, you know, hopefully the world is a little better after I leave. Not because I left, but because I made a positive impact.
0: <laughs> so I'll leave that vein alone because it's yeah. too much fun. Um, but I'd like to say that I identify with a lot of that, and that's a large part of my goal. I, my wife and I were talking the other day, and you know, I, I made mention of the fact that. I've got, if you don't know, I've got three kids. One's about to, my oldest is about to turn six. And one of the hardest things, like I've, I've run a business for gosh, almost yeah, 20 years this year. And, you know, we've been through a lot of entertaining things and a lot of vertical changes and all kinds of enter, you know, crazy things that happen when you run a business for that long. Um, but I would argue that the hardest thing I've ever had to do is work on raising my kids and trying to teach them how to be better than I am, but also help them understand how the world works and what's there for them, but how to do it with grace and compassion. And, you know, I. I look at life and it is shockingly short and it seems to have like, gosh, how long have you and I known each other? 10 years. It, it seems like not that long, but at the same time, it's 10, 20% 10
1: of my life. Yeah. Like uh, 50% of yours. Not 50, but pretty darn close. <laughs> yeah. 33 and a bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. 38%. No. Um you look at how quickly time goes by and you know this all all of the the stuff of 2020 has I, I want to say almost made me more introspective of just life and, you know, who I am and what I try to do. And it's something where it's really easy to get caught up in in your job, which is why I love the question because it is so easy to say, I'm mad, I'm an integrator, I do this and I do that. But it's hard to separate yourself from your job without sounding like you're reading a postcard. Yeah. And I think that is the that's the genius of that question is it forces you to look at who you think you are without and at the same time because as soon as you said it like in the pre-show we've been talking for an hour and almost 20 minutes now so in that that early hour of conversation (laughs) it's how do you describe yourself without sounding like a headstone reading right
1: yeah see but this and I say this with truth of you can say I am a father of three Mm -hmm. and that, you know, that's a pretty big role for people who understand it Yeah, or a mother of six or, you know, a brother or a son, (laughs) you know, well, and I, you know, I think
0: that, and obviously it differs depending on who you are, but a, a huge portion of my life, even within work is based around my family. Like, I've always been asked why I don't, because, like, like everybody, or I would assume most people, you get offered or hear about positions or opportunities. And I've had a, a you know, a, a couple, a fair share, I don't know. Um, I've had a couple of things, and every time it comes up, and usually as that conversation changes, It becomes a, well, why didn't you investigate that further? And like, well, the whole point of me owning a business is not necessarily because I want to work for myself or I want to deal with the headaches of that. It's so that like this Thursday, I can make sure that my schedule is hundred percent clear so I can take the kids skiing because we only have so much time to ski up here and, you know, that always becomes a bigger part of at least in my life my what my job looks like i do my job so i can have the freedom to do what i either want or need to do with my family and my whether it's you know helping my parents out with something helping my sisters or doing something with my wife and my kids
1: not a bad thing no well i don't think so I do think it is a hard question. Like you said, I know I, I did a whole bunch of soul searching when I got laid off last year, thanks to the pandemic of what do I want to do Mm -hmm. and very similar reasons for why I decided to start my own company. I, I want to have fun. Right. And you know, it can be seen by my attitude at times, but I also want to be able to go, You know, like you're taking the kids skiing on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Jennifer and I are going to the Tampa Zoo on Thursday. Why? Because she starts a new job next week. Ah, congratulations, Jennifer. Yeah. She's going to be the moneymaker in the house.
0: Well, about time.
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs) Don't tell her.
0: Don't tell her I said that. Please don't. Yeah,
1: I'm going to have to edit
0: this part out.
1: But, you know, same thing of the, I can take this off. And, you know, I know you and I have talked about it of the false urgency of now of being a business owner of everyone thinks they can call you at nine o'clock at night and you're just there. And I'm like, Nope, I, my phone has an off button.
0: It is, I will say as a, as a small business owner, that is by far the hardest trick to, to crack is to even just bringing yourself to it. Like I, I looked at today and had a had essentially two originally scheduled things plus of course this um, and had two other things come up and in the last thing before this we discovered an additional issue that had to be dealt with somewhat urgently and you know again it's that it's that being there and knowing that you kind of have to handle that. You can't pawn that off. It, it's it's everyone looks at when you are in charge of yourself, I guess. About how awesome it must be. And it 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 is at times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but my boss is really mean.
0: I hear he's a jerk. <laughs>
1: <It> really is.
0: <laughs> but it is it it's those moments of It's knowing that you have the freedom to go to the zoo because you want to and you can schedule it, but also knowing that there may be that day where you just have to deal with something and there's no option to not deal with something. There's no one to go above and say, Hey, you know, it's knowing that that buck stops with you is entertaining and challenging all at the same time. And it gets even more complicated when you have employees and you know that you know there's going to be that moment where it's like yeah if we don't sell this job i'm not getting paid because i got to pay my people yep. and those are the those are the really entertaining sides of of running a business and if all you've ever done is run or, or, or be self-employed and I'm not, I'm not being negative on that one, but it is different when you're self-employed versus when you have employees. As, yes. You know, we 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 both in those situations. Yep. Um, those are tough and yeah. those make life a little bit more entertaining.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, since we both are AV nation peoples, yeah. you know, the, yeah, we're hiring Tim as our first full-time employee. It changed a lot of the decisions we were making. Oh
0: god, it went from and don't get me wrong, it's still fun it, or yeah. it, it it was still fun even when we made that that shift. But you know, you want to talk about the rubber hitting the road. Yeah. It, it's it's all fun and games until all of a sudden somebody relies on you. And especially like my wife relies on me. The kids rely on me. The, if, when we had a pet, the pet relied on me to buy food for the pet. So the pet could eat. Um, that's one thing, but they're family, right? So it like you take that on knowing that's how it works It's part of the deal. It's part of the deal, but when you have employees especially when you hire that first one and gosh, I remember that day you bring them on and instantly you go to, yeah, we got to provide for this, this individual You go, holy crap, we got to provide for this individual. And then your brain starts going and you go, if we don't provide for this individual, they don't eat, they don't have heat. They can't put gas in their vehicle. Oh crap. (laughs) Yeah.
1: How did and I I will say heady conversation. Matt, yeah, Matt did step up and we did have to cut the hair product it was budget brutal. of AV Nation to cover Tim's Tim's salary. So either we're underpaying Tim or Matt spends too much on his hair. It's the latter, you know that. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Way to bring bring the mood up.
1: Well, yeah. But like I said when we started this, this is That's kind of what I wanted to have is you and I always have fun on, on podcasts, especially when I'm taking over Tim and you're just taking me on. Yeah. But this, Those, those are the best ones to be honest. Yeah. Like this is fun. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But this is a long form conversation because I think that's an important thing because now, you know, our listener, both of them, uh, will now know more about you and realize, you know, a little more about me and it kind of the stuff that I think in social media and in today's lack of going out and hanging out mm-hmm. with people at trade shows gets lost, but also just, I like having the conversation and letting people listen in and yeah, we got a little heavy, but it wasn't planned no. just where it went it just happened. It, yeah. I, I would agree,
0: and I I thank you for doing a long form because I know having having now hosted Resi Week for gosh we're like two hundred and sixty something episodes, you yeah, know, like um, five years. Yeah, like it, it's crazy. Um, there are many times because because we try to stick to that thirty minute format, right? And there are many times where we'll jump into something and. I don't want to say you could talk for three hours, but you probably could.
1: Well, you You and I did it when it was you, me, and Uncle Richie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, gosh, 55 minutes. Yeah. And we really just scratched the surface of it. Yep. And sure, you know, was there, was there just some fun banter back and forth at times? Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I think it's, I think that's something that's lost, especially in the industry of, There's not enough conversation. There is so much, dare I say, noise. That is camouflaged as conversation and you see it on Twitter a ton. Um, there's lots of back and forths and there's a ton of, I'm going to defend. My position here is my stake. My, my flag I'm planting over whatever piece of technology thing you want to discuss um but it's the it's the longer conversations that make sense you can't understand where someone comes from in 140 or 240 characters or your missive you post on facebook which is why i try
1: not to post misses on facebook i don't have Facebook. Okay. That was like, okay. <laughs> it was hard, but it was like, yeah, because I don't know what's going on with a lot of my friends now yeah. and people, when have called them, go, Hey, what's going on? Oh, just check out what's going on on Facebook. I don't
0: have, I don't want Facebook. Do it, it is, it is odd how connected we are yet disconnected. If that makes it's, sense.
1: Yeah. It's kind of superficial. Yeah. Which we always knew. We
0: always knew that social media was like that. And, you know, gosh, Instagram is one of those. Now,
1: now I'm really sounding like a middle-aged white man. See, I'm fully with you. And I've, I've worked at theme parks where people complain because garbage cans have been moved and it changes the Instagram photo. (laughs) True story. But is at it, the same is it time, supposed to be in the shot? Yes. And it's also where they can put their camera and their oh. drinks while they're taking. The, it's like, got it. It's just part of the scene. I, I, I will say we were at I've, I've never
0: been so disappointed with the, the social media life, if you will, than we were down for my, my father-in-law's funeral um, in late October. In, and we're down in Florida and we had one day where we could do something with the kids. So we went to the beach and we're down in Delray, go to the beach and we were leaving the beach after being there for a couple hours to go to, I think, BurgerFi maybe to go get shakes and, and fries for the kids. And as we're walking up the beach and going through the little path through the mangroves, as you come around the corner, there's these two, probably 14 year old girls And they have their phone up on the little uh, railing piece, and they're doing some TikTok thing and completely oblivious to everyone trying to walk past them, ourselves included, to get either to the beach or off the beach. Yeah. And it's like, again, I I don't feel I'm that old until that moment comes up. And it's like, where
1: are your parents? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And you know I'm I'm gonna get the the Joe Way retweet on this because we're gonna name drop on him. Holy but then shit. there's
0: yeah like the fact th- that he won't send me my stinking
1: quarter zip that I won. Well, there's he, that, but I was gonna he go had the a fact house fire. Yeah, but the fact that he had the house fire and how fast did we all kind of go? Hey, and that that's the flip. Yeah. yeah. And you know
0: you watch you watch that outpouring you watch. The support for you know a random person on Twitter who posts something um, that was you know hard to post, yeah. And you see the encouraging messages. You see stuff um, like I know even myself. I'll and I don't post a ton on anything really, but I'll have random people reach out and be like, "Hey, haven't heard from you in a while. You doing okay?" Which we're not like you have my, my cell number. Yeah. You can send me a a text and and say something like that, or we can have a conversation, but there's people that I've met a handful of times who don't have my direct number who will reach out over Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or or what have you. And that is the, that is the plus side. Heck, you're friends because of Twitter.
1: Yeah. And I agree. It's a plus side, but I'll also say it's freaked me out on occasion when I've been in a trade show and people have come up and started talking to me like they know me and they've met me because of how much I've posted on Twitter or done on AV nation and stuff. Yeah. And while that's nice, it kind of makes you take that pause of the, what's the difference between someone, you know, online and a real person. And is that a problem now that not everyone understands just because you follow me doesn't mean we're friends. Well, and also it doesn't mean you know me. Right. Like I've
0: had I've had people come up to me and I'm not sure I probably shouldn't say this but I'll say it anyways. Um, I've had people come up to me and you know at a, at a show and, and end up we chat for a few minutes and as they're walking away like you know hey I thought you were a jerk because of the way I see you act online or or tease Tim right and everybody loves Tim so if you tease Tim and you don't understand the relationship that Tim and I have or you and I and Tim have it's there's a lot of heck we we have a couple people that you know you just you tease different people for whatever reason and like It shocked me that somebody would come up who I didn't know and had never met. Like, I, I, I thought you were a, like a huge jerk. I'm like me, I'm nothing if not polite. (laughs) And because I'm trying to make a joke out of it because it got awkward really fast and they're like, no, no, no. Just everything I see with you online. You just, you seem like a jerk. It's like, but do I, yeah you know you start you start looking back and thinking about what you do and you know wondering am i teasing joe way too too much am i teasing kev too much am i teasing tim too much because that perception that persona is something that you don't control and i think that's the really really tough part because i don't think i'm a jerk and i don't want to be a jerk but maybe I
1: am. I don't know. Or at least and, I was
0: through their eyes.
1: Yeah. And I'm in the same boat. There are people who think a I'm jerk. a jerk and a pompous. No. Yeah. You? I don't. Me. 100% believe it. I know. I can't. Huh. But it's the same thing. And I think, I know for me at least, it's changed what I post and how often I post. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if that's good or bad. But I've also seen people take online way too seriously, and some of the stuff gets a little out of hand. And I'm kind of like, "Yeah, I'm I'm not going to come to this argument just because you invited me. Doesn't mean I'm going to show up." It it's like
0: so we we have a rule in in Omega where if we have to have a dare I say, a confrontation with a client, right? Or or if we're dealing with a specific issue, we are not having that conversation over phone or likely in person, we are doing that conversation over email because I want it documented. We have been in too many situations where someone was upset and they said something or they they approve something to take it to the other end. They approve something And then all of a sudden they've forgotten that they approved said thing. So when the bill showed up, it was I don't remember that. And even though we had it documented and we had a signature and we had all this stuff, it was so loose in that, you know, move this that over here, sign, right? Right. That they all of a sudden wanted to debate it. Or if they were unhappy with the bill, then it was we're definitely debating that that thing. So we went to a a position where all of a sudden, everything we do in that realm has to be signed off via email or you have to get an actual, like we're not handwriting a change order. We will handwrite it. We will then send you a digital copy (laughs) of a produced change order that you must sign in and return before anything happens.
1: It's like, I've kind of been joking for 20 plus years. If it's not in writing, did it really happen? No. You not know, at all. everyone's like pictures or it didn't happen. I'm like text or it didn't happen. Not in writing it didn't happen.
0: Yeah. No, there there's no such thing as the and, and I wish it was because I I somewhat long for the time where a handshake meant something. Yeah. Again, I'm
1: I'm really old. Yeah. Um well, I I did an entire entire attraction on a handshake as a change order to a design mm-hmm. built and installed. And I used to get change orders like make this room sound better. Okay. <laughs> Not to exceed sixteen hundred dollars. Okay. Done. Yeah. Done. And it, I I miss those times.
0: Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I get why it's changed. For multiple reasons but the, the hardest thing with even you know doing those conversations over email or having debates online is that nobody gets context right there, there's no right. there's no context there's no visual cues there's none of the typical things that if you and i were hanging out in a hotel lobby at infocom teasing each other Or teasing Tim, for example. Yeah. Anyone who was there in that circle or sitting around the table would totally understand that we are joking. And because we're we're all laughing together. Yeah. We're all laughing together. No one's laughing at anyone. Right. But online, you don't, you don't see that. And And it's, (laughs) you know, it, I've used this example a couple of times and hopefully he won't mind, but I tease Kev a lot and I was harassing him one day (laughs) over something online. And I had someone DM me who I know peripherally, right? And they were calling me out for my outrageous behavior over teasing Kev. And I, you know, I, I saw it. I instantly apologized to them that they were offended at that, and said, "Hey, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll lay off. I guess." Um, and had to explain that, you know, Kevin and I are friends. Yeah. And well, we are teasing each other online. He's teasing me about Tony Braxton. I'm teasing him about his shoes. Yeah. We have a backdoor conversation through DM about the jokes we're telling. Yeah. And it, it's not a big deal, but on the outside, not knowing myself or Kev, they thought we had taken it too far. So, Hey, I applaud them for, you know, thinking it went too far and trying to call me out on it, but it's, it, it that's the downside or one of the downsides of social.
1: And I agree with you. I've, happened to me it's happened to you and it also i think is one of the things a lot of people have learned through this pandemic Mm -hmm. is like you and i and tim and a lot of these podcast recordings we do as video and very few people watch the videos i'm not complaining no because ingest it in the media you feel best but if you and i weren't able to see each other some of the pauses would be cut off the body language and all of that stuff. So I'm Twitter, not having that or Facebook, not having that real time feedback because it's a half duplex conversation with a huge time lag. Yeah. It's like, you know, trying to talk to the Mars Rover, you can send a message to Percy, but he's not going to answer for another 14 minutes, you know, and having that and understanding that is a huge issue. It's the same as
0: your your typical debate
1: over whatever it
0: is. It doesn't matter whether it's politics, whether it's personal, whether it's technology, it doesn't matter when you, when debating was quote unquote debating, it was trying to answer what you said. So if you and I are going to debate Canon versus Nikon. A true debate would be me listening to your comments on Canon, for example, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then trying to refute them, what you just said with information about Nikon and why that's different. But especially with social, it's, I'm just, for the most part, waiting for you to finish so I can then respond with whatever I want to say. And it it continually reminds me of because we'll see debates over AV over IP or AV as a service or whatever thing you want to throw in there in our in our Twitter work world, but it's just noise back and forth most of the time. There's not
1: a point counterpoint. I like don't I wish don't know of, I don't know <laughs> anyone who's ever had their mind changed by Twitter.
0: No, no. You guys are going to talk it. for a while, I, I make it a anybody. two-parter. Project Bradford is a production of Advisist Group LLC and is distributed by AV Nation Media. Project Bradford is released under a Creative Commons attribution share-alike non-commercial license. Music by Kim Bookbinder is excluded from our Creative Commons license. Okay. Yeah, because when I think middle age, I always think like 45.
1: And there's no reason. You're thinking Tim. Just admit it. Oh, Tim's well past middle age. I was going to give him middle age.